Hello beautiful and welcome to Finding Fertility. I'm your host Monica Cox from FindingFertility.co and I created this podcast to help get you to start thinking outside of the box and realize that your infertility might have nothing to do with your lady bits. Rooted in functional medicine and personal experience, finding fertility is all about looking at the whole body and finding the root cause of your infertility. Finding fertility does not diagnose, prescribe, or treat any issues of infertility, but what we do is take a holistic approach and improve your diet and your lifestyle to get you steps closer to creating your dream family. Just by being here with me, listening to this podcast, you're already going down the right path to making your dreams come true. Let's do this together. Happy Friday, all. Welcome back to another episode of Finding Fertility. I'm your host, Monica Cox. And today we have a podcast discovery call. Now, what this means and what this is, is a little insight into what I do for prospective clients that want to get to know me a little bit more and how I help them discover the root cause of their fertility issues. So thank you for those in the community that wanted to come on and share their story and get a little insight into their own journey. There's more information down in the show notes how you can be a part of this. So without further ado, here's today's special guest. Yeah, so thank you so much for coming on and wanting to share your story and um, really get down. Hopefully, we'll find some clues to what is going on. <laughs> but just um, just start off with uh, sharing your fertility story first. Sure. So um, my very first pregnancy ended in miscarriage um, pretty early on, though. It was like eight or I think it was between eight and 10 weeks. Um and I had to have a DNC and I actually ended up with Asherman syndrome. So I had to have um, a surgery to get my uterus back opened up. Um, but I was able to get pregnant with my first son, like very quickly after I had the surgery, had no problems, easy ish pregnancy, easy birth, all good. Um, same with my second son. When we decided to start trying, we were pregnant, I think in like two or three months, um, real easy, all good. We go to try for baby number three and a long time goes by, um, 15 months. And then we finally get pregnant. And then I had a miscarriage at about six weeks and that has been followed by five more miscarriages over the last year. Um, so we seem to have broken the not being able to get pregnant part. And now we just have to jump the hurdle of being able to stay pregnant. Um, so that's kind of where we're at. Oh, I can't hear you. Is that my computer or yours? It's me. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry about all that you've been through the last year. It's, um, that's a lot. It's a lot. It is. It is. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, let's start, uh, with, um, the question of, do you feel that you've gotten the support? through these miscarriages that you need or has it kind of been just like put your head down and get on with it because you're a mom well, of two I have a really incredible I mean my husband first and foremost is amazing support um I know sometimes this makes couples go apart and I think it has only made our marriage stronger and 
for him, I'm so thankful. I also have a couple of friends in my family who are very supportive and always willing to take a call from me when I just want to scream or cry or, you know, anything. So that has been really helpful. I have had a lot of really great support. I don't know that I could have gotten, you know, woken up every day without all of them. So I'm yeah. very oh, I'm really glad to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. Because sometimes, lucky. sometimes we suffer in silence, right? Or yeah, we just get on with life and, but yeah, it's, um, it's really important to take the time and honor your body and your feelings and your emotions. Um, right. so I'm really happy to hear that for you. Um, you know, dark times don't have to be as dark when we have that support. So true. Yeah. So very true. Um, okay. So that's the fertility story. Um, I had a quick look at your form. It doesn't seem like anything blaring obvious. There's, you don't feel like you're dealing with any health issues that might be contributing to this. I don't think so. Um, I did see an endocrinologist uh, about a year ago now, and he said that both my estrogen and my testosterone were quite low. And so I've been trying to change my diet and take supplements to try and fix that. And I've since had them drawn again, but I don't know that I've had them drawn well because it kind of matters like what day in your cycle and where, but it doesn't seem like they're getting much like super better. So that could be something, but as far as like how I feel, I don't, I feel like I'm a very healthy person. There's nothing health-wise that I feel is really off. Okay. Yeah. I've been there. <laughs> I've been the very healthy person that still hasn't managed. The only to be. thing I will say is since I had my second son, my periods have been super, super light, which yeah. is not a complaint necessarily because it's like great, but it also doesn't seem quite right. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So with, with two little ones running around, would, do you feel like, um, maybe your stress levels or, um, time to yourself or maybe even sleep has lacked in the last few years? Not really. Um, I went from working full time and being a mom to being more of a stay-at-home mom. So like my work stress kind of went away. Um, we're living in an area now where we have family close by. So I feel like I have good support. I don't feel like I'm stressed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, it, so. <laughs> yeah. It looks like you're getting good sleep. Um, yeah. So my thing with your hormones um, would be because there's no obvious signs, right? Like a lot of the times you can get these, um, my intake forms, this is just like a snapshot into what I do with my one-on-one clients or um, in, into the course. And you're like, there's nothing obvious shit. Like, where do we go? With your hormone issue, what I would probably suggest for you is to invest in the Dutch hormone test. I actually just picked that up. I'm seeing um, a naturopath in May and she just gave me that. So I Good. actually got it this week. So I'm going to okay. do that like when my cycle is the right time. Yeah. Yeah. Because that test is so in depth 
And it's really going to show you what all your hormones are doing. And it even gives you a little snapshot into some genetic issues uh, with conversion. It's just a really in-depth test. And because you're already having like, like it is obvious, like, you know, your hormones aren't at a place. One is not um, probably giving you the uterine lining that you need. That's a huge thing that I struggle with. Yeah. Um, and it's, um, not giving you, have you done, have you used the prove test yet? I haven't. I took a look at it. Um, you had emailed it out. So I took a look at that when you did, but I hadn't actually done it. I would have a look at that too, because with the progesterone levels, usually what happens is they take you in at day 21 and they test your levels through a blood test. And then that's all that they look at. But what that test can help you see is if your levels drop off at day 22, then you'll never know that from a day 21 test. So it really gives you a very good um, snapshot of what your progesterone levels are doing for the whole cycle. And it's one of the, like, um, I think, I think that company, um, not claims like, I'm, I'm sure they're right. It's like the number one issue for fertility is low progesterone levels. Was that one that was allowed to be done in New York? It is, a, it's, it's a at-home pee test. Oh, okay. So yeah. I can just order it and do you it. You can just okay. order it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know New York is really funny. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> There's a couple of tests that you've posted, like are recommended and I've looked and I'm like, oh, I can't do it. I'm in New York. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With my clients that are in New York, if they are able to have someone who lives out of state, we can use their address. Oh, okay. And so if you can drive to them, get the test done there and then mail it back from there. That's how we work around New York. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it is silly, but yeah, the proof test is, is basically, they look like ovulation strips. Okay. And you just do it at home. You pee on them or you pee in a cup and you dip them in them. And, um, it comes with an app too, and it helps you see where your levels are at. And so you actually, um, want to get it ready because there's some baseline testing that you need to do. Uh, before your period and then you track your ovulation because you need to know when your ovulation is and then that's when you start testing your um, progesterone levels so that would I would just do that it's like 30 bucks Um, I sometimes feel like this fertility journey is so expensive it's kind of like it's just one more bucket (laughs) yeah it's it's a drop in the bucket Um, and it's just good information to have Um, because it's it's just not something you're going to get through the doctor's office. And then, yeah, the Dutch testing is going to be really beneficial for you too. Um, and just make sure you have, is that, so that natural path is going to be able to read the results and help you get where you need to go on a holistic level. So I've never, um, I just found her via a Google search because you know how it goes. You just try like anything. And I hadn't tried that route yet. And so I spoke with her on the phone and she recommended doing the Dutch test and I just got it. And then she said to make an appointment to follow up, I think in May, so that the results can come back and everything. So I hope she has enough knowledge. I would hope she wouldn't uh, like prescribe for lack of better words, something that she can't 
help yeah. you yeah. decipher. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I think she will for sure. Yeah, so within the course, you can um, do the Dutch testing and you can get your results. And if you need help reading them and whatnot, that's you know something that we offer as well. Um, okay. So if you feel like she's not doing what you need to do, like obviously reach out. Okay. Um, so that's, yeah, the first step I would go with you. Um, the other thing that I would really look into is I, a lot of the time with, um, there's two places you want to look when there's hormone issues and that's stress, which you feel like you have under control, which the Dutch test will tell you whether or not you have that under control. (laughs) So if your cortisol is like crazy high, you are stressed out (laughs) because a lot of the time what happens is that. Um, the way that our society is set up is they, we don't realize how stressed we actually are. And it, like being a working mom with one kid is stressful enough. Even if you feel like you have everything dialed in, it's still pretty impactful on your body, right? right. Were you pregnant while you were working with yeah. your second? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's a whole nother like issue within our society is that really with pregnancy, we want to be resting as much as possible because as you know, being pregnant is hard. It takes a lot. Yeah. (laughs) It takes a lot out of you. And because we're not necessarily um, presenting with symptoms that we are medically putting being put on bed rest for we think we're fine and we keep going and we keep going and then all of a sudden we have this birth which is hard as fuck for many and really inflammatory and then it's not even really like you get like a rest after like you gotta take care of your baby um so it's great that you're able to have the support around you hopefully you got care for your older one and you know all those things. Um, but I think people just underestimate the impact of having two children, having two pregnancies, working, um, maybe even like some stress of COVID, um, all those little hidden things massively add up. And it's really just being like honest, like, okay, Maybe I'm not as stressed because I don't have crippling anxiety like society says you need to have to be on medication, but actually it's been a long three years. Um, The miscarriage alone can be very impactful. Um, So there's probably little factors that have maybe added up Mm -hmm. and you've just been able to get through them and maybe you're comparing your journey to someone else who's having a harder time and you might just think like, well, I don't have it that hard. So therefore I'm fine. Right. Cause we do that a lot. Right. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. So, um, there is a lot of inward looking when you're dealing with fertility issues and everything is fine in the doctor's office or borderline, you know, with these hormone issues, that's when you have to start going inward and just get like really real with yourself. Like, okay, um, let's look back because your fertility issues 
aren't really necessarily what's happened now. It's been this combination of leading up to it, right? Especially with secondary and third infertility. Like it is what your lifestyle was before. And then you probably didn't change much of your lifestyle during the pregnancies and the birth. That's true. And um, having children. And so all that compiled on top of that equals you've fallen off your fertility cliff, yeah. right? Which could be hormone issues. Um, I just want to double make sure that you've had um, everything checked out again structurally down there. And do they yeah. feel everything's fine there? Yep. I've had um, two, whatever they call it when they stick the camera up and check everything out inside yeah. your uterus. Um, hysteroscopy or something like that. Mm-hmm. Is I've had two of those. Um, and everything seems fine there. And I did do a couple of IUIs. So they've like tracked my uterine lining and my ovulation and I'm ovulating fine. And my uterine lining is really terrible. So that's something I need to try and work on, or I'm trying to work on. Um, but yeah, I think everything structurally is sound. Sound. Okay. So that's good. That's really good to know. Okay. So yeah, you're definitely going to want to do a deep dive. And we talk about this um, when I work with in the course or one-to-ones is um, really looking at the past, being honest with yourself of like, what was really impactful leading up to these things? Did I just get on with it and really just push it underneath the rug? And because I was fully functioning and having children, it didn't matter. <laughs> right. Um, so we, we, di- we dive into like childhood traumas. Um, we dive into just like what conditions were like in your twenties. Um, is there a big spotlight that can be like, Hey, that really had an impact on you. You might not have realized it, but we're now seeing the results of it because we never took care of that situation. And we just kept compiling (laughs) children and pregnancies and COVID and, you know, uh, getting on with life. Um, and then the other side would be the diet. So you talk about changing up your diet. Tell us a little bit about that. Yep. So, um, for like, I just pretty much ended like the 90 days, but I tried to do 90 days of really high protein and high fat and lower carbs. I would not call it keto because I was consuming too much carbs to consider it true keto, but I tried to make sure I got like a hundred over a hundred grams of protein every day and tried to supplement fats where I would have gone for maybe more carbs. Um, and I upped my vegetable intake a lot because I'm not the hugest vegetable fan, but I found like that was the only way to get there calorie wise on a day. Um, but I did decide to stop doing that because I ended up losing a lot of weight, not on purpose, but I think just cause I was eating a little bit healthier and, um, a, a couple of doctors have told me now that I probably should put more weight on. So I'm going to go back to like trying to eat a little bit more balanced, um, yeah. and add some of the carbs back in like good carbs, you know, like whole wheats and that kind of thing to try and put some more weight back on. Yeah. Um, a lot of people find that when, uh, they eat really clean like that, Mm -hmm. it's just a natural occurrence. Um, a lot of the time it is just the inflammation coming off. Um, 
and um yeah most people um including myself uh yeah are really thin and sometimes that's a concern for them because obviously you want a certain amount of weight on your body but I think that you'll know so I did the same thing as you I went basically on a keto diet off of someone's advice before I knew what I know now and I was extremely thin like I didn't have an ounce of cellulite on me right oh, no, yeah. I'm not that thin now. yeah <laughs> so <laughs> I, I get to that point yeah so there is a line that um that you'll know in your body like okay you've lost a little bit of weight but let's just face it most most of us are carrying more weight than we need to just due to inflammation because we're not on the right diet. So even my clients who want to lose weight are so surprised that just by reducing their inflammatory foods that it drops off like that. And it's just weight really, um, excess weight. Um, it's just a way that you're prone to inflammation, right? Like, so for me, I didn't carry a lot of weight, even when I was on a really unhealthy diet for me um but like other people would right Mm -hmm. um so I feel as long as you don't feel like a skeleton and you still have a good percentage of body fat on you for your physique Mm -hmm. that's a better measurement than a BMI okay okay so I wouldn't overthink the weight thing now when you I do think a more um, you don't have to be so strict on the proteins, the fats, the carbs, all those things. Okay. Really, what we talk about here is finding your inflammatory foods. So you probably did that without even knowing it. So if you do introduce, you know, like grains and wheats and stuff, and maybe you feel like some discomfort, you get some bloating, skin issues, like whatever, whatever pops up you can be like, okay, it, that's not serving me. That's, that's causing inflammation in my gut. And that's a really um, big place to hone in on for all fertility issues, but especially when you're having hormonal issues too, a lot of that happens within the gut. Okay. Um, so really just when you start reintroducing foods, really be hyper aware of what your body is saying to you. And, um, if Uh-oh, you're locked up. Oh, am I oh, there? There you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if you are like, oh, that didn't make me feel good. Or I feel lethargic after that. That is your body saying it doesn't, that's not good for you. Right. Okay. Um, so just be really aware of that when you, um, do that reintroduction. Okay. But yeah, you don't like have to be super strict on, the macros and the like amounts super strict for 90 days. I did really good though. I never had a cheat day. (laughs) No, well, good for you because that is really, but then I got to to day 90 and I was like, I had an awful, um, IUI appointment. I had already ovulated and my uterine lining wasn't even four and I got McDonald's on my way home. (laughs) I was like, those 90 days were for nothing. (laughs) Um, what, they weren't for nothing. First I, know. Of, I, I recognize say that. that because I do feel I like I did start to feel healthier. Like I had more energy. And like you were saying, I felt less bloated. 
So they definitely weren't for not, it was definitely healthy, but in the moment I freaked out a little. <laughs> yeah, oh, of course. And that is like totally acceptable. 100%. I had a, a, a full-blown failed IVF with a grade plus plus embryo after being a year on that a paleo diet. So I get it, girl. <laughs> like I get it. Um, but what that 90 days is going to set you up for is really um, a great healing phase. So if you can find, let's say, a less stressful diet on your body, because keto, I mean, you were probably really close to keto. And that's, um, that is stressful on the body. And when okay. you're in your healing mode for fertility, especially you, you want to reduce that stress, right? So um, I'd be interested to see, so what I do, you can, you do it on your own in the, in the group coaching or with the one-to-one -one is you fill out a week's diary and you get really honest with yourself of like where you're at. And so most of my clients, my one-to-ones that I've seen, they're on amazing diets, but I can still pick holes of where they're lacking right? Yeah. They're being too strict with themselves. My fitness. Yeah. I was on my fitness pal for those 90 days, like tracking literally everything I put in my body. Yeah. And, um, and a lot of the times we feel that we're doing good, but what we need right now is a, a, a large variety of different things to help that gut microbiome. I've not okay. seen one gut health test and I've had really healthy clients come to me that their gut microbiome is not low. So my next question would be, um, you got your diet, maybe a little bit stressed that we maybe need to work on, but pretty good. Um, what was the supplementation like for gut health, if any? Um, so I took a probiotic um, that my endocrinologist recommended. And then I was drinking kombucha every day for a while, but I found it was really making me bloated. So I kind of failed on that as soon yeah. as I could. Um, but like, I really don't like yogurt, so I don't eat much yogurt because I really have to choke it down. That's good um, because yogurt is uh, not great for probiotics. So, oh really? <laughs> They're great marketing. At marketing. They are very great marketing. There's a lot is. of crap in those yogurts. Uh, yeah. Um, abs, yep. So, uh, that that's really it as far as what I know. Maybe I'm doing something and I just don't know that it's helping my gut. Yeah. Um, but those are the only active things I was doing. Okay. Um, and I'm assuming that you've never had a gut health test to see what's going on there. I have not. Yeah. No. So that would be another step for you too, because you don't have those obvious signs. Um, but what I would say is that, um, if you hook up with someone that knows what they're doing with the diet and can see where you need to improve, that's mm -hmm. where you can maximize. So I'm assuming you're not eating liver. So I actually just bought some Good. and I pinned like <laughs> six after you sent that email about Good. liver, I bought a freaking thing and I pinned a bunch of recipes. So I am going to try it, but Good. I have not yet. Yeah. That you're going to see your health maximize with liver. Okay. Absolutely. I saw. I figure I can choke anything down once or twice a week. Yeah. <laughs> and you can hide it, right? Like you can chop it up really finely and put it in your mince meat. 
Um, I mean, that's what I do for if I make tacos or if I make the nomado that I eat, um, you could put it in, you know, your bolognese. Um, pate is a really good source. I, I definitely do not think it tastes like liver. Like I've eaten, I used to just eat. Yeah, the pate meat. isn't bad. I've had it before. Yeah. It wouldn't be my favorite, but I could choke that down. <laughs> yeah. So you can, if you can't find a clean source of pate, you can easily make pate. It's really that mindset of getting over what liver is and what it looks like and how it feels like once you can move past that. I mean, look, I'm not asking you to eat tongue, right? Like, no. <laughs> chicken feet right (laughs) so yeah really putting in those foods that are now going to help maximize your gut health and therefore um improve your uterine lining and maximize those hormones um is is your step and it would just be interesting to see um if yeah like i i tell people to do we have like a timeline and it's like you you mark kind of your traumatic incidences, right? And I talk about, when I talk about trauma, it's not just what society has told us to be traumatic, right? A sexual assault or physical abuse or really hard mental and emotional abuse, like big events. It could be literally like I I say for myself, um, I was always told Wendy the whiner wasn't invited. Right. So anytime I whined or I cried, I literally got shut down. Like your, your emotions are not valid. Shut up. So in reality, it wasn't a big traumatic event. I wasn't getting hit, smacked. I wasn't being called stupid. I was just like literally told to stop whining, stop crying, suck it up. You're a big girl. Right. So over the years, especially in your childhood, that adds up to your emotions aren't valid you're not valid. You know, don't cry. Big girls don't cry. Like I can tell you right now between my twenties and my mid thirties, I literally only cried several times and I was going through a lot of IVF, right? I would cry almost every day. (laughs) (laughs) And now I get teary eyed at commercials. I was like, I know, right. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so really getting honest with that and seeing where because something happened along a certain point for your hormones to get a little bit wonky um but the good news is it's completely reversible if you just get down to the root cause find what ways you can now support yourself i feel it sounds like you've done the elimination and now it's the support and the healing um what I would say, and this is what I say to my clients who are dealing with reoccurring miscarriages, is um, if there's space to allow yourself to stop trying, which I know is really hard because you feel time poor. Did that once already. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, because what happens when you're f- you're improving your fertility, you and you're already there, right? Like you're at that stage where you can get pregnant, but it's maintaining that pregnancy. And I don't know where that cliff is, right? We don't know where that point is of what's going to make that difference. So sometimes giving yourself a break from it, three months to just heal. And then you don't have that added pressure. Or if you do get pregnant again, that added pressure of, because it's different, right? Like once you have one miscarriage, every pregnancy after that is completely different. Like your mindset 
It's so hard. Both of my boys are rainbow babies. Oh yeah. I hate getting a positive pregnancy test now. I'm like, I didn't want to know that. I don't want to be pregnant until I know I'm actually pregnant. (laughs) Yeah. I just got the chills. Um, yeah, you just in this different mindset mentality. And so, um, yeah, I, I, f- I believe when you're in the healing phase, if you can allow yourself the time, I know it's really hard and I don't judge you if you don't, <laughs> um, but just to give yourself that mental clarity to figure out exactly where you need to go. And then at the same time, work with, um, you know, meditation, hypnosis, emotional freedom tapping, um, any one of those modalities to get your head back into a space that you can handle what's coming next, right? Because no one can predict like, yeah, we can get your health levels up to a certain point, but no one can sit here and promise you a successful pregnancy, right? Right. So if you're now Mm -hmm. wanting to continue and willing enough to walk through whatever's coming next, setting yourself up mentally to handle those whatever those next steps are, is going to be very beneficial to your long-term journey, right? Because everyone has their breaking or their stopping point. You know, some people are like, I'm willing to go through five more miscarriages to have this baby, right? So how are we going to handle those? Like I said to my husband, I will not do IVF. That's yeah. my, that's my hard stop. Yeah. I could, for all of you that go through that, you are amazing, amazing people in my eyes. That the IVF true. won't cure what's going on. <laughs> that, well, that's, t- that's true yeah. too, but he, yeah. 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 But. So working on that mindset, and even though maybe you don't feel like you're stressed or maybe you don't need it, everyone will benefit from doing these things. And that's, you know, a huge part of what I do is I, I believe that a lot of mindset coaches out there, and there's a part of me that believes this is like, well, your mindset is the most important thing. And I said, it is, and I know it controls a lot of things, but we're still human beings, physical human beings on this earth that have to deal with physical issues. So if you are able to tackle it from both ends, you get the maximum benefit. So, um, so that's where I, like, I would say with you, you're on the right track with the hormone testing and seeing where those levels are really tune in the best, um, nourishing diet for you now. Okay. And work on those mental and emotional stress levels and just really be honest with yourself because you've been through a lot, (laughs) you know, it's a lot to take on. Um, so so yeah, that's, that's, that's where you're going. I appreciate that. That's good steps. I feel like those are all doable. <laughs> yeah, massively all doable. And um, yeah, I, I, it, it definitely sounds like you're someone who's willing to go to the edge <laughs> and then bring yourself back a little, you know, like, um, but it's beneficial, you know, sometimes going to that edge, you kind of know exactly what your body needs now. And sometimes that extreme is needed because if you don't go to that extreme, you just are left wondering. And I know that for my journey, a lot of what kept me going on, um, was I never wanted to look back and wonder if, 
that's, I said that to my husband the other night. Cause I was like, should we give up? Should we not? Cause we had both kind of said three, two years ago now, once our son turns four, like that's going to be it. And we're going to be done. And I was like, I don't think I'm ready to be done yet. And I said, I still feel like I haven't turned over every rock. Like mm-hmm. I haven't given absolutely every, like I haven't gone down every path. And until I do that, I think I'll always regret not trying. Yeah. So I said, we have to try until I feel like, okay, we've done everything humanly in our power and it is not God's plan for us to have a third child. Yeah. But until I'm to that point, I'm going to keep trying. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And everyone has their different level, right? And we all respect that different level, but honoring that with you. And when you're able to look back and go, I did everything. I really did everything that I had knowledge of at the time, right? 10 years down the line, right? Like is a different story, but, um, but yeah, I, and I think that's what makes the journey, you know, like, I don't want to tell people like, don't give up. Like, that's not what it is. It's just like, be able to look back and be proud, whatever happens. Yeah. And be able to be content at the end of the day with whatever yeah. happens. Because you're going to content if I stopped. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you have 50 more years on this planet and you don't want to live those 50 years in regret. That's true. It's yeah. very true. But um yeah, be intentional with what's going on now. Find the find the joy back in being a family and growing your family. Um, I have a client who's just about to give birth to her third, who she easily had two and struggled to have the third. Um, So it is possible, right? It's just getting down to that root cause of what's going on. Um, So yeah, and hope. I've been reading several books about hope and how it's like the driver for everything. Um, which was just really kind of um, obvious, but like not at the same time. It's like, yeah, of course you have to be hopeful for anything, right? Right. Um, And it's not that toxic positivity, but it's that willingness. Like when you have that hope, you're willing to fail. Yeah. You're willing to fail over and over again because you know, deep down that there is something at the end of the, at, at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) There will be something there. Yeah. I don't know what it looks like. You don't know, but there'll be something. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate this. I think this is all very helpful. I'm probably going to like start with the naturopath here. Yeah. And see, you know, how I go there. And if I still feel like there's more mountain to climb, I'll definitely reach out because I feel like. you're climbing the mountain, you know, you're on the right path. And, um, I think that this is what these discovery calls are all about is, um, getting on the right track and getting that support you need. So uh, Mm -hmm. you're, you're doing it for sure. Thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story with us. I think a lot of people are really going to resonate with this and get some hope and guidance off of it too. And that's what this is all about. So thank you. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity to share. (laughs) My pleasure. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye. 
Thank you once again for tuning in to the Finding Fertility podcast. If you're loving this podcast, please leave us a rating and review and let us know how this podcast is supporting you to get steps closer to creating your dream family. I hope you have a beautiful weekend and we will see you next Friday for another episode of the Finding Fertility podcast.